Hi, my name is Stephen Turner, and I am the president of Gesher Galicia. We are thrilled to have with us today Jenna Algen, one of the stars of Tom Stoppard's hit show, Leopoldstadt, currently on Broadway at the Long Ica Theater. For those of you listening who are not familiar with Gesher Galicia, we are a special interest group dedicated to the preservation of Jewish culture and heritage from the former Austria-Hungarian province of Galicia. We are also a genealogy group that helps people research their roots from this area. Leopoldstadt is the name of the second district of Vienna, which was a largely Jewish district that became full of Galicianas fleeing the fighting raging in their home areas during and after World War I. Jenna Algen is one of the stars of the show. She plays two roles, Vilma, and then in the final act, Rosa. Jenna is a veteran of stage, screen, and television, and her credits are listed on the podcast homepage. Welcome, Jenna, and thank you for being with, here with us today. Oh, thank you, Stephen. I'm happy to be here. I understand that you are half Jewish on your father's side, and yes. you have fond memories of Passover seders at your aunt's house. There is a seder in the show, and with Passover coming soon, would you want to describe your feelings as you play that scene in the show? Oh, that is a wonderful way to start because that's sort of the scene that roots everything for me in the show and always has done over the past three years. I, I started doing this play in London. And um, at first I was only playing Rosa in London. So I would listen to the Passover Seder as Rosa would hear it and listen to it and look back and see the family together and her, her family. And the, and now I, I get to be part of it as Vilma. Um, and so it's quite a, a central moment in the play. In fact, the line that I would say is possibly the fulcrum of the play is at the end of the Seder scene. It's uh, uh, Granny Amelia's line. Um, let us not say then we know the story well. It is still our duty to retell the story. I'm gonna cry <laughs> of how we were brought out of Egypt. Sorry. <laughs> and okay, so to okay. me, that's to hear that every night um, and especially leading up to Passover um, and to be reminded both as Rosa and as Vilma and as an actress and um, as a part of this production, uh, sort of the, the need for this story and the, the retelling of the story and this history and this play as a whole is um, just feels deeply important. I have to say that for an assimilated and intermarried family, that was a very authentic scene in the show. Yes, well, we, um, we had a, when we were building the show originally in London, we had a, a rabbi, come in and consult and um and 
we had uh, several practicing Jews in the cast who also, you know, contributed and we contributed stories of what we knew or had experienced. So it's, um, it's a, uh, it's a mutually built scene uh, right. by all of us. And they do a good job singing the four questions. Yes, yes. Oh, I think so. Drew is absolutely wonderful who plays Pauly. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I, I tell you, when uh, when uh, we sit down for our Seder next week, I that scene's going to hit home. That yes. scene's going to hit home for many of us. Okay, now your Jewish family came to the United States in the late 18th century. Do you have any idea where they came from? This is as far as we know. Um, so actually the beginning of doing Leopoldstadt back in London um, and finding myself playing this character, Rosa, who writes out the family tree and has all the information at the end and is the messenger of that information. Um, I found myself really wondering and, and thinking, my gosh, I'm playing this character who knows all this and who knows all these people and her connection to all these people. Um, and I actually know very little of, of many of my family connections. So I wrote to my Aunt Judy, um, who does, my dad knows some of it, but not nearly as much as Judy does. And uh, she wrote back and she's, I'm told she's written everything out for me. Oh, um, right. and, and I said, I, you know, I, I'm playing this character, but I have, I have no really detailed understanding of our family and uh, I would love to have it. And um, so she's written it out, but it hasn't got to me yet. But she came to see, uh, she and my uncle Grant came to see the show a second time recently. And we went out to dinner and she started telling me a bit more about, about everything. Um, here's what, what I know, and I don't want to say the wrong things because I'm probably not accurate on all of it. Um, and some of it's quite confusing, even she says. Um, so we know about Lena, who came from Hungary uh, with her daughter, Sadie. And, um, and that's on my grandmother Roz's side. Um, so my dad's mom. And then on the other side, we know <laughs> there's, um, the full name is Augenlicht, which uh, is, it means light of the eye in German, but it also means, and bright eyes, but it means, uh, I found out from a German friend recently, it's the functional word for eyesight. So that German friend then said, someone was an optometrist. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, a lot of it is guesswork, but maybe that's true. No, they um, were German or Austrian? They were, that family, if I have this correct, was actually Polish, but on some border. Maybe Galicia? Yes, possibly. Um, also, I would know, not be have, surprised. We have crack gene genealogists in our organization. If you want, maybe we could help you research that. I would love that. I think we would okay. love that. Um, okay. So and we'll, 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 anyway, so the so the Polish name got changed to Algonics, and that's what we know really. Okay. Um, there's a lot more well, that we know, but well, I don't you know, know the, it all now. The Galicians didn't 
get surnames till the end of the 18th century. And since, since, since they were living in and play with ethnic Poles who were speaking a lot of Polish, but yet it was Austria, right? So a lot of them took German surnames and that's like the name Turner means tumbler in, oh, right. in, in, in German. And uh, everyone always said to my father that your name must have been changed. There's no way. Yeah. And my father swore that, it, that the name was never changed. And when I started doing genealogy, I got started trying to track to see if the name was ever changed. And I found a birth, a birth record of my great-grandfather with the name Turner. So uh, it never changed. But, but a lot of the Galician Jews have German types uh their name so we'll, we'll we'll try to help out help you out and try to oh that'd it. be great okay now family trees play a big role in the story the show opens with a huge family tree which happens to be in the playbill with characters standing behind their spot on the tree and and um it's it's like this is a genealogist's dream to see something <laughs> to see a show start like that. Okay, now I want to get in a little bit into the story of Tom Stopper. For those of you who don't know, I wrote about it in my column in the last issue of the Galiciana. Briefly, Tom was born in 1937 in Moravia, then part of Czechoslovakia. He fled with his brother and parents to Singapore when Hitler invaded. When the Japanese were preparing to invade Singapore, he, his older brother and mother fled to India, but their father who fled a few days later was killed when the Japanese torpedoed the boat he was on. Tom spent the war with his mother and brother in India. During that time, his mother was courted by and then married Ken Stoppard a British officer who after the war moved the family to England where he adopted the boys and raised them as proper Brits. Tom grew up knowing very little about his Jewish background until he found out about his family history while in his 50s when he met some cousins of his from Czechoslovakia. This started him on the study of his Jewish identity which has resulted in this show. It is not audio autobiographical, but if you know Tom's story, you can see how it relates to much of the show. Now, you were in the in the show in London when it premiered. When it premiered, did you get to know Stoppard well? Well, we were very lucky. He was he was always very involved in the process, so he was in the room right from the get go, right from the first day, and he. He came a bit later when we started, we were developing it in New York, uh, but he did come and he did develop it with us. And um, yes, it's been, it's been incredible. It's been a wonderful journey. And I'm, I mean, meet your heroes because he's one of the loveliest now, people. Did he speak with the cast about his story? Sorry? Did he speak with the cast about his story? Well, we had, um, we were given research packets quite early on. Um, there's so much in this play. There's so much to 
know and so many references and so much history and so many anecdotes. There's so much to discover, so many facts. Um, and one of the pieces of this packet was this brilliant um, article he wrote in Talk Magazine in 1999, which is called On Turning Out to be Jewish. And it, ex it lays out uh, very clearly his experience um, in finding his uh, Czechoslovakian cousin at first in, in how he approached asking his mother um, about their history uh, and, and just sort of his journey to, to ultimately understanding his family history. And um, his mother wasn't very helpful, was she? She wasn't, she was quite, she was stumped. She didn't, um, she didn't, he gave her a notebook to write as much as she could down and she didn't really fill it very much, um, he says in the article. And, um, but what happened was he, um, he was in Czechoslovakia, I think, I, I, I forget exactly why, I think he was working on a, a story. Um, and he met, he came into his hotel room, I think I have this right, um, and there was a man standing there um, who didn't speak a word of English, but he had a photograph um, that was a, a match of a photograph that his mother had had. And he found that this was his Czechoslovakian cousin Ota. And so that's why photographs, I think, figure so much in the play is because that was the currency um, that began his kind of one of one of the main facets of understanding his identity this way. And um, and he or his history and he uh, the other thing that's very close to the play um, is he was working on Arcadia at the National and he was sitting with family and his cousin Sarka um, Gauglitz uh, had come, she had ended up living in Germany, I think. Um, and he asked her tentatively, you know, how, how Jewish were we? And she said, you were completely Jewish. And, right. um, and then she, she turned a, a paper around and wrote out the family tree and told him where, where they had all perished. Um, now his stepfather wasn't happy with him researching his Jewish roots very much. Sorry? His stepfather wasn't happy with him researching his Jewish roots very much. And I oh, I can't... him not to use the stoppered name anymore. I read that. Oh, yes. Um, that's also in that article, is it at some point? But I don't know. I can't speak to that. But, um, but right. yes, he's, and he's, um, he speaks a lot about his mother and her experience of her own Jewishness, um, she, uh, the, the, the line in the article is that she, she didn't, excuse me? I think what she said was that Hitler made us Jewish. No, she, she, Tom, that's Tom's line. So he, she, she didn't really think about it much. She came from a very assimilated family. Some married out, some married in, right. you know, and they didn't really think about it too much and didn't. I guess practice very much, and um, and the line in the article that he writes is 
my mother wasn't Jewish until Hitler made her Jewish in 1939. Right. And, um, and I think that's, uh, quite profound. Right. Yes, it is. Now, what would you say was the difference of doing the show in London versus in New York? Oh, many differences. Um, even down to certain timings. Certain timings read differently in New York than they do in London. Um, but uh, one of the differences, um, and I've done a, a few Jewish plays in London, and I've actually experienced this a few times um, in doing them, um, there, there was a sense very like in this play of sort of a, a not, some people came up to me saying they didn't know. Um, and in, in the way that Tom is discovering it or that Leo's discovering it at the end of the play, um, I, I actually spoke, have spoken with several people in London who came up to me after shows, I, both in this and in other Jewish plays, saying that they didn't, they didn't know that they had a, such a connection or, or one of their grandparents was a survivor um, because it, it was a similar thing in that, um, you know, they just sort of, stopped practicing, went quiet, didn't talk about it. I think because of its proximity to Europe at, at the time, and it's, it's certainly not everyone, um, but I, I, there were several stories that were quite similar to Tom's in that way. Um, and that was something I experienced more in London than I have here. Um, do you, do, would you say that the audience responded differently to different parts of the show in London that as opposed to New York? Um, yes. Uh, well, no, there are some things in the show that are universal and um, he's such a perfect writer. It just, he hits, it, it hits its target every time. Um, and I think everybody, the feelings in the audience are quite sensitive and it doesn't matter um, to, to so much of the play, uh, who you are, it's about family and it's about the love of family. And, you know, the work of the play is memory and the engine of the play is actually really love. Um, and, and Tom writes about love quite a, quite a bit and it's no different here. Um, and that heart connects to all of it. Um, what our, our duty is to remember those we love and that is Rosa's work. Um, and she inherits that work from her mother who at the beginning of the play um, is, is working on the photograph album of the family. And she has a line about, um, uh, um, I don't want to do the whole, line, but uh, but she died before there were photographs, so now no one knows what she looked like any more than if she'd been some kind of rumor. And then the whole it sets up, you know, the the work that Rosa inherits is exactly that, because if she can if she can access Leo's memory, then there's another person on Earth who remembers. The faces of all those she loves right and and as a genealogist we can relate to that because 
so many times we're going over old fiction uh picture albums and they're not labeled and like who is this and there's a great line in the show where where they said that uh uh it's like dying twice you die yeah and then you then you die again when no one can remember your name or point you out in, in the photograph and, and so the that hits home for Virginia. That 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 yes. line really hit me as I was watching the show. That's that's an Amelia line, and that's that's said around the same place. It's like a second right. death to lose your name in a family album, and right. um, and it just it sets up really what what sort of the through line of the show of the play needs to be. Because when we talk about the Holocaust, we say never forget, and right. so a play that deals with the Holocaust, um, of course, must be about memory. And it is about memory, very actively so. It's not nostalgia. It's very much the in infinitive to remember. And, um, and so that's kind of the, the overall sweep. I mean, there's so much in this play. There's so many themes and there are so many, um, there's so much history. All of it, though, is connected to its beating heart, which is, I believe, that. Right. Okay. So now, when the play begins at the end of the 19th century, the wealthy fictional Viennese family at the heart of the story has no idea what they will face over the coming decades. You have been quoted as saying, I just think the sense of safety at the beginning of the play is something we feel. And I think that should make us think. You speak of honoring the memory of the people depicted during this, these times. On the Today Show, you got emotional talking about this. Not to make you cry here, but why do you think this hits you so hard? Stephen, I've already done it. I've already done it three <laughs> times. Um, well, I just think um, there's such a responsibility um, in this play, um, I, as I say, to to this memory and to this truth. You know, it's not. I didn't think I would ever be. Well, there's so many things that make me cry about this, but um, but I didn't think I'd be performing this play alongside these headlines. I never thought that. I I, I am aware of anti-Semitism and racism. I am and and how rife it is everywhere. Um, but I did not think I would see such overt demonstrations of it um while yeah. doing this play and that there's Hermann um begins the play largely in our position he's arguing for you know he's excited to be Viennese and part of culture and and art and we you know his line is we buy the books we look at the paintings we go to the theater the restaurant he's he's at the turn of the century and he's excited and optimistic and he feels part of Viennese culture 
and um, I've I've been hearing largely the line, uh, "Best of all, I would have liked my son to be a great composer. A virtuoso of the piano would be almost as good." Um, he's he he's interested in music, and um, and here we all are. And, and he says we literally worship culture, and um, he. I've been appreciating more and more that he is very much in our position. We are sitting in a theater. We are worshiping culture. We are, you know, participating in it. And um, we're in a metro, uh, metropolis that also worships it. And, you know, and there is a sense at the beginning of the play um, of, of safety and, and, it's easy to identify with that point of view because that is where we are. And then Ludwig comes in with some really hard truths and, um, and of course is eventually through time proven right. Um, and my hope, our hope, everyone's hope is that that can't happen again but we need to stay vigilant and um, it, now more than ever. Right, right. Now, the, the play hits particularly home for me. When the play covers past events, cast member Brendan Uranovitz said this story also informs of people's modern experiences of anti-Semitism. My father was born in Nadvorna, Galicia in 1910. He was a refugee. He was in the refugee camp in Moravia, the birthplace of Tom Stoppard during World War I. The family made its way to Vienna and he lived in Leopoldstadt from 1918 to 39. This means he lived in Nazi-occupied Vienna and lived through Kristallnacht. The Gestapo came into his house one night and arrested him. After a few days, he was able to get out because he was able to show a visa to England that he had. He never used this visa because it was just for him and he wouldn't leave his mother behind. Eventually, they were both able to get visas to the United States and he left on one of the last boats out of Europe before the war started. As such, he was a refugee of both world wars. Now, when my father came to, to the U.S., on his first day in the U.S., a cousin came up to him and said, what would you like to do? And he said, I would like to take me to a place where I could see real Americans. And as people relating in Brooklyn can feel, he took him to Ebbets Field to see the Brooklyn Dodgers. Now, my father, who had been living at this point for two years under Hitler, was amazed to see Jews in kippahs or yarmulkes sitting openly in the stands of a baseball game. <laughs> and, and this was like an incredible thing for him. And he totally felt free. And that made him feel free. But now we know that Jews in kippahs or, or otherwise identifiable as Jews are getting beaten up in Brooklyn again. And uh, that's why this play hits home so, and it's such an important, the timing of this play is so important right now. Now, have you ever been to Vienna? I have. I, when I got the job, um, 
I immediately booked a trip um, because I wanted to, um, this was three years ago now, but um, I wanted to walk the streets that Rosa walked. I wanted to see her opera house. I wanted to see, um, I wanted to hear the music. I wanted to um, experience- it's a, it's a great city. And, and I wanted to experience Sasha Torta and I wanted to, you know, and, and um, the Musikverein and all of it. And uh, unfortunately, I only had about 36 hours, so I could only do so much. But, um, but it was actually a very fruitful trip and I did pack a lot in. I, um, I, I saw, I went to concerts at the Musikverein. I went to, uh, I stayed on the Ringstrasse, which is where the apartment is located in the play. Uh, right opposite the Schatzoper. Um, I, uh, I took a tour of, I didn't get to the Kunsthistorisches Museum. I got to, um, I, got, I got to the Staatsoper and had a tour of it on my last day um, and did see the old bit of the opera house, which would have been hers growing up. And I saw, um, but I saw the the newfangled auditorium that was rebuilt in the 50s, which is also mentioned at the end of the play. And um, um, probably because Did I don't get to Leopoldstadt. Sorry. Did you get to Leopoldstadt? Didn't get to Leopoldstadt because I was um, I was just there. Um, it's, it was a really whirlwind little time. trip as all I could do. I, my, I was too busy and I couldn't, I couldn't fit in more time, but I did go to the Jewish museum, um, in the center of Vienna. And that was a, a, a formative experience. And, um, I, I saw, um, the first thing you see when you walk in, or at least when I was there is the suitcase, the dimensions of which are described by the civilian in 1938. It's the first thing you see. The truth of everything hits you very hard. Right. And um, in this play, it's easy to stay in the play because it's right. true. Well, I will say that my father went back to Vienna once. After He did not want to go back. Mm. He did not want to go back ever. But then he, as he got older, he said he wanted to visit his father's grave again. So he went back with my mother. My mother said he was like so irritated while he was there because he would be, you know, everybody he'd see on the street, it would relate to him to think back that, you know, these people were Nazis and these people were Nazis. And he visited his apartment house in Leopoldstadt. And uh, as he's outside in the street, a woman walked out who was a neighbor and he recognized her. And he and he he said to her, "Hi, it's it's Morris, you know." And she said, "Oh, you're the one who survived. You made it." It was like that, and he was like very irritated. He couldn't wait to leave. Wow! But that yeah. I, you know, I could understand his experience. When I, I did not have that experience there, and it's a great city. And uh, I will I will that say history that history that's you know unfortunate with for us jews but yes. uh we go on okay now gesher galicia is is in great part a genealogy organization i feel this show is a genealogist dream with a family tree being the backbone of the play 
there's much dialogue about issues that we do genealogical research with, such as we were talking about with the family photos. I don't want to give any spoilers, but a constant theme running through the play is how is this person connected to that person? Sometimes it's confusing, but that to me is a charm of the play. And after seeing it, I wanted to study the tree to give me a better understanding of each character and how they were related to each other. And it gave me a better understanding of the play. I would then watch some clips of scenes on YouTube and that helped me even more. In many respects, I think it's a play that you need to see a second time to mm. really understand it better. Now your character Rosa ties the whole story together in the fourth and final act. First off, how different is it going from going from playing Vilma early in the show with her personality and then pivot to Rosa, who we might call a hard personality and has to tell the story of what happened to the rest of the family? Um, well, it's actually, uh, having played only Rosa in London and having experienced the play and listened to the play from that very upsetting and difficult point of view. Um, taking on Vilma has actually been uh, a, a great relief in a way because it puts me in a part of the play that's quite funny and happy and we're, just, we're exploring family and we're falling in love with this family. Um, Vilma and Rosa are more alike than either of them would readily admit. Um, Vilma is definitely that one in the family. There's always one and Vilma's that one. And, um, and she, she's a bit of a tough cook, cookie. Um, and then, but also I would, I would say very loving and um, very much in love with her husband and her children as well. Um, Rosa, as I say, um, when I was considering taking Vilma part of the, because I was so kind of sewn into the Rosa position, um, part of what convinced me um, and part of sort of the seed of um, what made that possible, that double possible in my head was that Vilma has these lines about um, the photographs and uh, what they mean and, and preventing people from being a rumor. And, and then again, Rosa inherits that work in a more immediate um, and kind of violent way at the end of the play. Um, and so that's kind of the through line for me of those two. Um, Patrick, when we were speaking about it was... Um, Patrick is the director. Is the director, yes, yeah, sorry, Patrick Barber. Um, he, he also had the point that um, he thought the double would be good uh, and has done it with other characters as well in the past uh, because of this idea that you inherit your mother's face. The DNA comes uh, through each generation. And I thought that was a, a wonderful way of thinking of it as well, but it was, it was the textual DNA of the, um, the photographs that I, that really helped me do that. But in terms of the, 
experience of doing it. I love doing Vilma. She's again, she it's it's fun. She's you know they're at the party at the beginning. She gets to be with the family. Um, beautiful, you know, turn of the century costumes. Love that. Um, and uh, she and she's quite funny. And it's such a well staged show. The Patrick yeah. Moore, the director, fabulous. I, he's got to win a Tony. He's he's wonderful. It's and his his sense of uh, of visual and um, his streamlining is so excellent. He there's not not a stone unturned you know um and yeah so so it's actually made it easier for me i mean i do go off on tangents but um it was uh doing just rosa in london from that perspective was actually actually made it really really hard for me to put the play down um i couldn't uh at the end of the day um i i couldn't stop thinking about it i couldn't stop talking about it um well, that's one of the things I want to say that many of us who don't work in the theater marvel at those who do and have to perform the same roles for eight days. How physically and mentally demanding is that? It's so, so uh, to continue um, my, what I was saying before, um, doing then also adding Vilma to that um, and then things becoming more technical. So quick changes, wig changes, makeup up for when you're younger, makeup down for when you're older, um, all this, all, the wonderful, wonderful life of everything backstage. It's, we have a lot of traditions backstage and we have a lot of fun backstage. Um, that all makes it easier to, to do it and to do it eight times a week and to cope with it eight times a week because no matter what you do and no matter how much fun you have backstage, the words of 55 and the facts of 55 and the facts of history are the same. Right. And they will always be there every time you do it. And you will always be saying those things and it will always be difficult um, and hard and upsetting. And, it, you know, it's um, it, so, so I've learned to sort of let, let the play exist in the theater and then put it down when I leave um, just a little bit better this time oh, than I good. did back in London. Okay. Well, uh, the New York Times says that Leopoldstadt is the best theater experience of 2022. <laughs> Many people say that the show is the front runner to win the best play in the upcoming Tony Awards. Good luck to you all. Thank you. And I urge all of you who haven't seen it yet to go to the Long Lake Theater and see the play. The run is limited and was extended until July 2nd, so you better hurry. And since our listeners live all over, do you know if there will be touring companies or maybe even a movie? Oh, I can't speak to that. Um, I I don't know. All I know is July second um, at okay. the minute. Um, okay. I would hope that it would. It's it's such an important and necessary and beautiful piece of writing, um, and it speaks to so many. It's it. Um, it's very much, of course, about um, 
world you it well it's about history and um but it's also very much and and very particularly a jewish experience of that history but it's um very much about family and there are things that can connect you know there are truths and that can connect to all of it and you, there are lines in this play that you could airlift out and connect it to now and i say that um with uh, a sense of vigilance and i also say that with a sense of optimism right. uh depending on the line well thank you so much jenna for taking time out from your busy schedule oh thank you you're a delight in person in personality and that comes through to anyone who sees you on the stage good luck with everything through july 2nd and afterwards and i want to tell all our listeners if you don't know about gesha galicia to check us out online at www.geshegalicia.org and we will help jenna and we'll help others uh, research your family tree and Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for being here. And uh, happy Passover to you. Thank you and to you. And, and uh, again, thank you for everything. Thank you.